Hello and welcome to the Poplar Propcast. I'm your host, Justin Libernet. Today we're going to be talking about mobile homes. This is a topic that kind of popped into my attention after I was reading. A, there's a new book out by Matthew Desmond, but he's talking about the profitability of them. We'll get into that in a minute. But the reason it caught my attention is because this is a very important part of my experience growing up in the family that I grew up in, in large part because my grandparents sold their house and moved into a trailer park after all of their kids had gone, after everybody had left the house, kids had got married, gone away to college, everybody's out of the house and now they're rattling around in this giant place. So they sold it and they moved into a trailer park thinking that the money from the house would be a good retirement and they ended up managing the trailer park. So they were managing the trailer park so that they could get a reduced lot rent, they got a salary for doing the management as well. And growing up, it was great for me as a kid. I mean, they were managing it from, this is the the early 80s on through the early to mid 90s. Probably, yeah, mid 90s, I'd say. Then that period of time though, they knew the owner of the mobile home park. It was a family that had some property in East County and one of those things that they owned was a mobile home park. And so it was, they invested in the infrastructure, they kept the roads paved, they maintained all of the um, amenities. They had a giant swimming pool that was great because this is Southern California swimming pool. There's a pool hall, there was a sauna, they had a playground. It was just fantastic. Because of the way the land was situated, my grandma's trailer sat on this spot where it had this huge bank behind it. And, you know, being an eight-year-old kid running around on a bank is like bridge to Terabithia level stuff. It's just a great way to grow up. And there was a herd of us too. There was a bunch of bunch of grandkids. And so we'd always go over there. My family lived about a mile and a half away so I could ride my bike over. It was right by the bus stop. So every day after school, the bus drops me off. I get to hang out with my grandma, go swimming every day. It was just, it was just amazing, wonderful, formative experience. So I'm very aware of the role that mobile homes play. I think it was this great spot for my grandparents to kind of roll off and have a really nice place to live with a bunch of amenities. And they had a little golf cart they drove to the office every day. We got to drive that around. So that whole thing was just great for me. That situation and that experience is not the same anymore. It's changing because as these people that had this original pass and put the things together and invested are being getting older, they're turning these things over to um, private equity groups. And some of these private equity groups aren't really taking care of the space and the properties. Now, let me preface this by saying this is not a universally troublesome thing. Like there are private equity groups that are doing decent here. There are still mom and pop groups that are managing them. And just to give you an idea of kind of the numbers we're talking about here, there's about 20 million people living in mobile homes right now. And out of those 20 million people, about half of them are living in mobile home parks. Out of that 10 and a half million people that are living in mobile home parks, which means they don't have it parked on their own land, out of that 10 million, there's a small percentage of that that's in private equity handled mobile home parks. So know that that's kind of the space of it. It's, it's a very small problem. The reason it's worth talking about though is that these, these groups and some of them have started doing mobile home universities. Well, they'll teach you how to start a, a fund to buy these mobile home parks. <clears throat> Still, not nefarious, totally fine. Here's where it gets funky though. 
is that out of those home sites that are owned by private equity, and that's about 100,000, out of those home sites owned by private equity, <clears throat> there are some players that are directly abusive to the residents inside of those mobile homes. So they put them in such a place that they, they can't leave. So it's really this strange thing when you've bought a mobile home which is massively convenient for a lot of people because they cost less than half of what a normal home does. So you can get a three bedroom, two bath mobile home for one hundred dollars to $250,000, right? And then you put it into a mobile home park and you pay a lot rent. And that lot rent is what pays for your amenities, maintaining the road. It's kind of like being in an HOA, but you have to pay for the space that your home is on as well. And it's anywhere from, it could be, 150, 200 bucks could be up to a thousand or more than a thousand dollars, depending on where you're at and what the benefits are. And these places that have been picked up by private equity, in a lot of cases, the private equity comes in. And here's an example Carlisle Group bought a mobile home park. They immediately upped the lot rent by 8%. They claimed it was to improve the park, but no improvements were forthcoming. So it's really about investment return and not safety and stability for the people that are in the property. And I want to bring that up because that's an interesting thing that is really, it's it's said out loud by the people that are in this. Um, there's a guy named Frank Rolf. He's got 30,000 home sites. And before the 2016 election, he said, it doesn't matter who wins. Doesn't matter if Mitt Romney wins. Doesn't matter if Barack Obama wins. It doesn't matter. Statistics show Americans will continue to get poorer in the bottom half of the population. And that poverty he's talking about allows for mobile home residents that are subject to almost a kind of entrapment. Frank Rolf has a mobile home university I mentioned, and it talks specifically about the inability for mobile home owners to protest the rate hikes, pointing out that when the rent goes up, they can't walk away, they can't move the trailer, and if they do walk away, you can file adverse possession on abandoned property and keep the trailer and rent it to a new person. And then you're even more to the good. So there's a financial benefit either way for you. That's very different than people that rent a house or rent an apartment. If the rent goes up too much, you look around and the market forces can help correct. That's difficult right now because we don't have enough housing supply, but there is a correction mechanism. If you've spent 200 grand on your house, put it somewhere. And if you're unable to move that house, actually take it with you, it's not a mobile home. It's a not mobile home. It's a home. It's a manufactured home that was built off-site and moved onto the site. That's very, very different than saying it's a mobile home. My uncle managed a RV park while I was growing up. So there was a lot of stuff in my family would manage an RV park. And there were people in the RV park that lived in their RVs. And they'd move between RV parks. And so they'd be in an RV park for several months to a year. And then they'd go somewhere else and live there. We had the people that moved to Arizona during the winter and then back to like Colorado during the summer. That's a mobile home. And when you move your house like that, you're able to react to changes in rates at different mobile home parks. RV parks, actually. And... Mobile homes are super weird because in some states, they're governed by the DMV. And because the DMV governs it, you're paying taxes like it was a vehicle, but it's not a vehicle. But there's this, this, this categorization piece because it's a trailer that some states you're paying the DMV for. 
But, and here's the thing that I want you to keep in mind, they're not mobile. Once they put them in place, they'll often take the wheels off them, put them onto stable jacks on top of concrete, and take all the stuff that allows it to move off. If it's a double wide, they bolt it all together, and it sits there and it slowly settles. And as it settles, the shape of the thing changes and kind of becomes a part of that spot that it's sitting in. And then to move it, even if you wanted to move it, it's gonna cost twenty to $50,000 depending on where you're at and how big the mobile home is and what you've got around it. And coming up with that money when you're barely dealing with the rent increases means you really are trapped. And beyond that, if you do try and move it, especially if it's a, a double wide, more than one trailer, the places where they put it together, their integrity can shift and you may accidentally make it uninhabitable in the course of moving it. So it's this massive challenge, right? Where at the same time, you've got this <clears throat> group of 120 to 200 residents in mobile home parks and they're all in the same spot. And this piece comes in recently with uh, a billionaire, Sam Zell. He's the largest mobile home landlord in the US and he continually has fights with his tenants. They call him kind of a slumlord because he doesn't take care. They're saying he doesn't take care of the properties. He doesn't take care of the amenities, but he continually rises the rents no matter what. He called himself a grave dancer because he'd jump in and buy troubled assets and then just jack up the prices. He's the chairman of the board of Equity Lifestyle Properties. It owns more than 400 mobile home parks across the U.S., Residents at many of the ELS properties across the country have told multiple reporters that they've raised similar complaints about uh, amenities being closed, few ramps or accommodations for the elderly, and property maintenance that's been neglected, overgrown weeds, potholes, general disrepair on the property itself. A large number of people that end up in mobile home parks is the elderly, the older people that are kind of in between, like my grandparents. And that for a big reason for that is because they've gotten to the point where they're like, well, I have way too much room in my house. I want to downsize, but an average house is like $400,000. But in January, 2023, the average sale price of a new mobile home was $128,000. So that and the land lease makes it a really sensible thing to sell the house, have a lot of money to travel, take care of debts, take care of possible medical things, especially when a lot of us don't have retirement and move into these mobile home parks. And on the other side of that, you have Sam Zell, who in 2012 said he liked the oligopoly nature of our business in reference to limited competition in the mobile home industry. He continually increases rents while not necessarily providing the benefits that a raised rent should be paired with. It's almost... There are some ways where this is like a single person abusive HOA. If you had an HOA that could unilaterally decide and no vote, just unilaterally decide, yeah, we're going to raise the rents on everybody or raise the HOA dues. Uh, we're not putting anything else in. We just want to make sure our finances are in better shape. So we're going to go way up with it and add 20%, 10%. The HOA would revolt. And I think that starts to point to a way out of this. But we'll, we'll come to that a little bit later. So 
Residents have been receiving an average of about 5% over the past five years. Recently, they had a 7.5% rent hike. This is in down yonder. They're being charged separately for water and sewage, which used to be included in the lot rent. So not only is their base rent hike going up, but water and sewage, which used to be included in the lot rent, they're all having to pay individually. So that increases all of their costs across the board, more than 7.5%. They started petitioning ELS, opposing the cost increases. They, they pointed out that clogged storm drains cause flooding that trap residents when there is significant rain. There are trees that need cutting, and residents say that should be the park's responsibility. They say, you guys are saying that needs clean or needs cut. We aren't saying that. Since there's so many seniors there, they don't have the things that are necessary for seniors. Access ramps and automatic doors, restroom and pool areas that are accessible by wheelchair. Technically, I think that's a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. That's not my call, but it sounds like you should have that for the public areas. Uh, there's a lot that get hit with eviction notices when they refuse to pay rent. So they can't even really do a rent strike. So this is a big complicated problem, right? This is one of those things that sits there on kind of the border or periphery because it's not a big thing in San Francisco. It's not a big thing in New York. It's not a big thing in the big cities in DC where people are kind of making policy. These are things that happen to people right on the margins of society. And when you're looking at that group, when you're looking at that group, you see a stack of things on top of them that end up all flowing money up to billionaires. There is a group that makes homes. They sell about half of the homes, mobile homes in the United States called Clayton Homes. Clayton Homes is owned by Warren Buffett's company. And these homes, are built fine, that's all fine, but where it gets a little predatory is because they're considered almost vehicles, like they're not considered homes, so when you get a loan on it, for if you're not buying it straight out because you're moving from a blue state or California to Dallas or something, if you're not buying it outright and you're financing it, yeah, it's a lot more cost-effective cost effective to finance 150, 200 grand than 400 grand, but those investment, those loans, they can have rates of 8%, 10%, even up to 15%. And the reason that happens is because they are counted as a trailer. And since they're counted as a trailer, they finance like they finance a car with chattel loans and not home loan. So even if you want to finance a mobile home, you can't get a classic FHA loan. There's special FHA loans for it. The Title I loan program, which doesn't require your manufactured home to be attached to the land, or Title II, which does require it to be attached to the land that you own. And so the there's a lower down payment, lower debt to income requirements, lower credit score requirements. It's the FHA stuff. Borrowers, you have to hold mortgage insurance. This is normal. Uh, there are borrowing limits. And here's the kicker. For Title I manufactured homes, the borrowing limit's $92,904 for a manufactured home and lot. Title II loans follow regular FHA loan, guide, loan guidelines. So even there, it gets super complicated because most of the mobile homes that Clayton builds are those ones that are Title I. And they're more than $92,000 to begin with. Not only that, but Clayton's going to try and get you to take their loans anyway. And if you go behind on a Clayton loan, 
there's reporting by Seattle Times that was talking about the collection agencies and had one of the homeowners record it. And the collection agent on the phone with a homeowner who's saying, I'm behind, I don't know how to make this up. The collection agent goes, well, you should figure out how to get it by the 31st. I recommend donating blood. This is insane. They, they're they telling them, well, you know, we gave you this loan at a predatory rate and now we want your blood. That's crazy. Might as well take a kidney. I mean, I've heard of things costing an arm and a leg, but this is ridiculous. There was a recent book by a guy named Matthew Desmond, and he was looking at... Here, I'll read the quote from him. So Desmond did a study with Nate Wilmers at MIT showing that landlords in poor neighborhoods don't just make more than landlords in affluent neighborhoods, they make double. Desmond says, that blew me away. When I started my research for Evicted, his earlier book, Desmond says, I was like, why would you want to buy a trailer park? The landlord of the mobile home park I lived in let me see his rent rolls, his books. He was bringing home over 400000 a year after expenses, running the poorest trailer park in the fourth poorest city in America. Desmond checked to see if it was anomalous or a national pattern, and it was a national pattern. It's better to be a landlord in Soho than the South Bronx, but in Milwaukee, Cleveland, Buffalo, or Pittsburgh, the opposite is true. So this is where it gets into the underlying piece here and kind of the well hell what do we do about it and i think this goes back to my discussion with john meyer earlier in the year and that idea of a a yimby alliance and start pushing for more options for housing as we do that though we have to look at some of these things that are systemically being used to trap people into a spot where they are forced to pay rent increases they don't have the ability to shift around and this might be a, a something for state or local governments to look into. This could fall even more under an HOA piece where if you're living on this, then the person that owns the land and the person that owns the homes on the land, maybe there needs to be a new type of HOA where it aligns the interests of the owner with the interests of the owners and puts it so that they're all pulling in the same direction. There's this this space in there that we've that has to work for both parties where the investment generates a return it doesn't have to be an insane return though it just has to generate a return and make more money than it costs to put in i don't think that's challenging to do i think that in some of these cases what's happening is that they're coming in and buying it expecting to make more money off of it and then they have to make more money off of it And that sets up how their loans and how their financing works. But in case after case where we have these 100,000 homes that are owned by equity, we see Sam Zell, Warren Buffett, Frank Rolfe, all these people getting rich off of the inability of people to move. I think that's a huge challenge. I think it's really, really kind of bleak to look at and go, oh, well, This is here, it's happening, and we have no clear manner to do it. So, I don't know. I I wanted to share this story. I want to talk a little bit about Sam Zell, because I think he's awful. I want to talk a little about Frank Rolfe. I think he's awful. I want to talk a little bit about Warren Buffett, because I don't think he's awful, but I think he's got this company that is awful. Um, It's really strange to see the push towards these returns 
in such a predatory environment. So I guess this is the point, and it's strange to make a pitch after this and let you know what our services are, but I, I want that problem out there. I want people to be thinking about it. Go read the article in The Guardian that talks to Matthew Desmond. Go read the article in The Seattle Times that talks about um, the uh, Clayton Homes and what they've done. Um, read up on Frank Rolfe. Just go see a little bit more about who they are and what they're doing. And at the same time, if you have an individual property that needs property management services, Poplar Homes can help. We are very different in from mobile homes in that if you are unhappy in one of our homes, you can leave. We're going to do our best to make you happy while you're in our homes. And if you own a home that we manage, we're going to do our best to work for both you and the resident. One of our guiding lights is that we really want to be the go-between between those two groups. So maybe we should give Sam Zell or Frank Rolfe a call and see if we can help him align interests with the owners in his community because that's what we always want to do we always want everybody to come out just a little bit further ahead we don't want one group to come out ahead at the expense of another group so if you need your home managed professionally see what we can do poplar.home slash pod poplar.home slash pod thanks a lot guys bye-bye <music>